This is ESPN Radio. It is the ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU on your television. I'm sure it's on other things as well. Presented by Progressive Insurance. I want you to get ready for the season with ESPN Fantasy Football. Sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. It is fun easy and free to play i use it every year and gonna use it again this year for my fantasy league how many leagues are you in myron uh just one i just do it for, for the, i'm not a passionate yeah me either. fantasy football i'm not passionate but i want to get into it more and if i was going to do yeah. it i think the espn football fantasy football app would be the way to do it 100%. now if you were with us uh, in the last segment, you should have been because we talked about – we had someone call in. We were talking about breakfast, and we had somebody call in and said they had chocolate gravy. I've had a lot mm-hmm. of people here in Kentucky tell me that that's a thing they serve at places in Kentucky. I've never been familiar with it. But, Myron, mm-hmm. you had a commenter who wanted to weigh in that was from Oklahoma like the person who called. Yeah, he said, bruh, ESPN Radio, y'all can't have them represent in Oklahoma – because chocolate gravy don't exist here. Them folks high. <laughs> <laughs> Them folks high. So maybe hey, Oklahoma's yo. in a fight, whether or not they have chocolate gravy. Maybe if you're from Oklahoma, you can weigh in and say, is, is Ashley from Stigler right or is the commenter right? I personally, I mean, listen, I'm from the country and I haven't, had chocolate gravy, but maybe it's a thing that's bigger than I realize. But we'll get back to all of that. We were talking about the NFL. This is ESPN Radio. They want me just let me talk about chocolate gravy all day. And so we have yeah. to say we were talking about the Cowboys and the pressure they're on. So beside, along with the Cowboys, who obviously have a ton of pressure on them this year, Myron, what franchise do you think is under the most pressure to win this year? If you were to give one, uh, which one do you think at the end of the season their fans are going to have demanded the most? The Jets. Because the the Jets have gone from, you know what, we could be pretty good with Aaron Rodgers to with hard knocks and just – the nonstop off-season banter about that franchise, I think the Jets and their fans feel like it's happening now. Adding Dalvin Cook won't diminish the expectations. It'll just elevate them. And I think the Jets are in a situation where, remind you, I know a lot of people said they were 7-10, and 10, they were a quarterback shy of being much better. Well, you still got to go through Buffalo and Miami, and that's not a given. But I feel like people are assuming the Jets win the division and just end up in the AFC title game playing Kansas City and Mahomes. And I'm like, whoa, we got to slow down. Like, they've got to make major strides to get to that point. But I just don't think those fans, that organization is in a position, Matt, where they'll accept anything less than that. Like, the hype has been too much. I think the Jets are the obvious answer for the reasons you said. But let me take another team in their division, which is the Buffalo Bills. So I want you to go back to this time last year. If you talk to a Bills fan, they pretty much all thought they would go to the Super Bowl, right? They thought in the natural progression of Josh Allen, now it is Super Bowl time. Then you go through the year. They have a very good year. Even a couple of the games they lose are kind of fluky, and you could have made the argument going in the playoffs they are definitively the best team. They end up getting uh, the Bengals at home, and they get completely demolished on their home field. I do think there's a sense. You and I have continued to talk about the three quarterbacks, and when we do it, we talk about Burrow and Mahomes. 
But if there's one of the three that you're shaky on, it might be Josh Allen. It may be a sense of, well, Mm -hmm. he's great, but is he in that same group as Mahomes and Burrow? I'm not sure. This is a year. I think that playoff game last year really shook that fan base. I think that playoff game made them think, wait a minute, we didn't lose. I think they lost like 27 to 10 at home. That combination, I think, makes it to where there's a lot of pressure on that Bills team to take a big step forward. It's not like they're going to get rid of Josh Allen, but that that franchise has, has had such a belief in what this was going to be that if they take another step back, I think that's a huge loss for that franchise. Yeah, and in the offseason weird drama where Stephon Diggs kind of left that practice, we don't really yep. know what's going on there. I think they're facing a lot of pressure. Brand new, multi-billion dollar stadium. They're getting ready to build. Um, and I think the lie about windows, right? Like we love to say this quarterback will have a dozen chances, eight chances to win a Super Bowl. But we got to point to Russell Wilson, who early in his career looked like he'd win four, five, six, seven. And now he's a guy trying to keep his job. I don't think that'll be Josh Allen, but we can't take these opportunities and windows for granted. Like this could be the time for Josh Allen. And a decade from now, we can look back and go, That was your window. Those three, four years, you had a shot to win it, and if you didn't get it done then, you don't get a ring. So I think there's a big sense of urgency on the Bills to get the job done. So give me the AFCs. Let's assume the Patriots finish in fourth. You're sitting there and you take – let's say say we have a healthy Tua as well during the year. I now ask you to rank the AFCs top three teams. What order are they finishing in? I think it should be Buffalo, Miami if Tua's healthy. New York, and then New England. So you have New York third if Miami is healthy. Yeah, I haven't seen enough to put the Jets over the Dolphins. Like, we got to go back to last season. And, yes, the storyline and narrative about the Dolphins became Tua and his health, right? I mean, to suffer that concussion on Thursday night football. You talked a lot about last season where the world seeing that was a big thing. It was. It was. And there was nothing else to talk about beyond that. But if you go back and look, healthy Tua – was only behind Patrick Mahomes in most categories. Efficiency and rating, QBR, all those things that matter. He was really, really good. So if you're telling me that Tua is back with a Tyreek Hill who says he wants to break the NFL receiving record and hit 2,000 yards, Jalen Waddle taking the next step in his career, if we get that Tua, I think Miami is Buffalo's toughest competition. Whereas, which Aaron Rodgers are we getting, Matt? I understand he was a two-time MVP a couple years back, but the dude last year looked like he might have lost his fastball a little bit. I'm not sold that we're getting elite Aaron Rodgers in New York, which is why I put the Dolphins over there. Let me give you two other teams I think have a lot of pressure on them, maybe a notch below. I mean, I, I would agree with you. I'd probably say Jets, Cowboys, Bills are at the top. But in two other teams, one, I'll go to Baltimore. You get Odell Beckham and you basically say, hey, Lamar, we're, yeah. Now, you want to get the money you want? Here's here, You have your weapons. Let's see what you can do with it. I think there's a lot of people for whom figuring out what Lamar is for the future this year will have a great impact. And then I would go to Detroit, who hasn't won a playoff game in a generation or more two generations, but who yeah. now is in a division where there is no more Aaron Rodgers. So there's no more excuse to make the move. I think you could make a strong argument. They have as good a chance to win the division as anybody. It's time for them to make the next step. You have the hard knocks, Dan Campbell, everybody loves him year. Okay, now it's time to actually go and win games. I think those two teams in Detroit and Baltimore, both teams that last year 
maybe didn't do exactly what people thought, but now both are set up where they can have fan bases that say, we're going to make a major step forward this year. If either of them don't, I think you'll see Lamar and even Dan Campbell looked at a little bit differently by their fan bases if they don't have success this year. Yeah, pressure for different reasons. Detroit looks like they might have a path, right, because the NFC North isn't what it was. Um, but but I think Lamar, it's you got weapons now. He obviously signed a big deal. Can he play this way going forward? Can he be the elusive guy, uh, the athletic guy? Because no matter who you are, by the time your late 20s, early 30s hit, all those guys have to adjust. So I think with Lamar, it's not whether or not he can be great. It's how long can he play this style in this way. So there's definitely pressure there uh, on him to excel this season. Plus, Joe Burrow ain't going anywhere. Deshaun Watson got $230 million, and he could return to form, uh, all pro form. You got to deal with him as well. And then the Steelers are the Steelers. So part of the pressure to me on Lamar is it's never going to get easier for him in this division with all the talent that he has to face, whereas Detroit feels like, you know, this year, sure, but that team could look completely different even a year from now. It could, but I think they – they need to win the, the NFC North. They're the best team, in my opinion, if you look at it. I, I, st- I think this is a year they've got to at least make the playoffs and maybe win the division. We talked earlier about chocolate gravy, and Chris is in New York, yeah. and he says he does know of it. Am I right, Chris? You're correct. Um, I used to travel all over the U.S. for work, and first time I was in northern Arkansas, I went to have breakfast and saw it on the menu and had to try it. It's it's kind of an odd case, in my opinion. It's one of those you either love or you hate it. It has the texture of a put. I mean, it has the density of like a pudding, but the texture of a white gravy on biscuits you get from like Hardee's or somewhere. Does that sound good to it's, you? I don't know how I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Can't you just have like regular, you know, <laughs> chocolate syrup? Like, well, is sir, that too I mean, much? Chris, I love biscuits and gravy. I mean, I know it's not good for you. You can feel your heart clogging when you eat it, so yeah. I eat it rarely. But good down-home biscuits and gravy, to me, is as good a southern food as you'll find. But chocolate is a completely <laughs> different taste than that. Does it work? It, I, I'll be honest. I, I couldn't even finish a half a biscuit with it. It was just a little too oh. rich, kind of. Yes. And there was a funky little flavor to it that uh, it was just one of those things. I was like, you know what? It's something different. I've never seen it. I got to try it. Mm. I tried it once, and I'm like. Well, you said you were in northern Arkansas, and I appreciate the call. I'm a big believer that there are parts of the country that are just different. Northern Arkansas. Now, by the time you get to Fayetteville and, like, Walmart Town, whatever the name of that town is, it's a little different. But northern Arkansas, kind of right there on the Tennessee border, that's a place, Myron. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. And if you've never been, just expect to see a lot of things that you haven't seen in other places. That's a place. That's a strong, that's a strong, that's a strong statement. Like, I knew exactly what you meant when you said that. Can I say one other thing, though, about this conversation? Yes. America, can we stop remixing food? Like, like biscuits and gravy has been winning for, you know, 700 years or something. I don't know how long it's been around. 700 I know they're probably, you know, probably on horseback. Somebody... Across America have biscuits and gravy. Okay. We don't have to remix every food. Like, we don't have to put our personal touch in 2023 on foods that have worked. Give me 
biscuits and gravy. That's all I want. We don't have to you don't need the chocolate. How old do you think this country is? Myron, yeah. 700 years ago, the U.S. was not even close to being a thing. Yeah, Columbus hadn't even Listen, come I'm a couple hundred years off, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> At the end of the day, biscuits and gravy has always won. What a wild We don't defense. have to change I just want to know, by know? the way, I just want folks to know, if you go back to yesterday when uh, uh, Myron had Lincoln in the 18, late 1870s and you go to today <laughs> of 700 years ago, don't, you don't use Myron for your history textbooks, okay? The, the, he has many wonderful things. Shoes and history textbooks are not at the top of his list. James Harden yesterday had strong words for his GM, but he has some high-profile defenders. We'll let you know about that. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. Daryl Dory is a liar. This battle has been going on largely behind the scenes all summer, really from the day that James Harden picked up his player option on this season instead of declining. James Harden is the NBA equivalent of a guy who's on the verge of his fourth marriage. And I don't think he should be blaming Maury. I think he should be blaming himself. This is not 2018. I don't think teams are clamoring for James Harden the way they were four or five years ago. Oh, the nice. Dude, whoever's picking the songs, well done today. A little Jodeci, right, Myron? Yes. Classic. I'm impressed. Talk to me. That's right. ESPN Radio Mornings presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf. I hope if you're driving around, you are on your way to work safe and enjoying our morning chat. Uh, James Harden. You know, the story broke during our show yesterday. As a matter of fact, you just heard Myron's fourth marriage analogy in the intro when he said that Daryl Morey was a liar. And it led to a lot of conversation where people were sort of saying, what is James Harden even worth anymore? His agent, Troy Payne, was talking to Swish Culture and said this. He's been doing two-a-days the last three weeks. James has a crazy hunger in him right now. If he got an MVP season, I wouldn't be surprised. I will believe James Harden has a crazy hunger because I've seen his weight fluctuations tell me that over the years. But whether or not, Myron, I believe he's going to be the MVP, I'm going to have to say side on the part of no, he will not. But it will be interesting to see if he shows up motivated now next season. Yeah, one delusional person in the room is enough to kind of shake up the room. But when that person has a delusional friend, you have real chaos. It it appears that his agent is leaning in to this nonsense that I think James Harden is spewing. Listen, James Harden made a trade request. I think one of the things that's being lost in all this, 
is that the 76ers entertained that request. But the 76ers did not say, we're not going to put you on the trade market. We're not going to see if we can get something in return for you. They did the opposite. They put them out there, and they tried to see if they could get a reasonable trade package in return for them. That didn't happen. So as much as James Harden is mad at Daryl Morey, mad at the organization, whoever else he's upset with, part of it, Matt, I think is the acceptance of the reality that he's not desired the way that he was some years back. And I think that realization is difficult for him. No contender is saying, we'll give up our second best player, our best player for James Harden. We don't think you're that difference maker anymore. And I think that's a part of all this that there seem to be missing as they consider his future. All right, so first of all, life's all about expectations. People who listen to my local show probably heard me say that a million times. A big part of whether or not you're considered a success is what your expectation is going in. In football, you can finish 10 and 7. If your franchise thought if your fans thought you were going to be 2 and 15, it's a success. If they thought you'd be 15 and 2, it's a failure. If I'm Harden's agent. The one thing I don't want to do is set an expectation level I can't reach. If you go out mm-hmm. there and say he can be the MVP, then you're setting an expectation level be impossible for him to reach. I think Harden's close to, if not done, definitely on the downside of his career. If he comes out and is really good and makes an all-star team and helps the team make a run, that should be positive. But if you're out there telling me he's going to be the MVP, that might end up actually being negative. What I've always not liked about James Harden, I mean, he can be amazing. At times, he's been one of the two or three best players in the league. But I don't like that his effort level goes up or down based on what he wants to happen. And I'll give you an example. You remember when he was in Houston towards the end, Myron, right? John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, two guys that used to be at UK, were there. I love both those guys. They're probably the two players I knew the best when they were here. But DeMarcus Cousins, awesome dude. I think you'd agree, Myron. Maybe had times where he had maturity issues here and there, right? Yeah. When DeMarcus Cousins was saying James Harden acts as immature as I've any anybody I've ever seen, that's a pretty bad statement, <laughs> right? When DeMarcus yeah. Cousins is like, dude, you need to grow up and act as an adult, that's a problem. And I think there's something about that. If DeMarcus Cousins and people like him see it, then what does everybody else see? I think that will be his problem on the open market. No, I think you hit it, and you mentioned this yesterday. As much as Kyrie faced a backlash for everything that went on with him, NBA stars were like, dude, we love that dude. They all take up for him all the time, yes. I mean, everybody was saying, let's find a way to get him. That hasn't happened with James Harden. You haven't seen a public display from the elite players in the league saying, let's find a way to get James Harden. And I think that says a lot. So now the top stars don't want you because of maybe the way you play or just how you view yourself. But the young teams can't get you either because you're not putting them on a Memphis Grizzlies or a young team that could contend and trusting that he won't make things worse. So he's kind of in this no man's land where he doesn't realize that he is the third best option on a contending team. He's talking MVP. He's ruining his trade value. There wasn't a trade value before this, clearly. Not what the Sixers wanted to get in return for him. Now with these comments – with people calling you're going to be the MVP according to your agent, I just would stay away from them. And I don't know that I've ever seen, Matt, a player ruin their trade value in a 24-hour span as much as I think James Harden and his agent have. It was interesting to me, though, during this show yesterday, we had a reporter on from Philadelphia from this who, who took it, if you remember, the opposite way as us. 
he thought this made Moray look bad, not Harden. That yeah. basically Harden calling him a liar after Ben Simmons kind of calling him a liar was a bad sign. It's interesting because Ben Simmons and Harden have almost no credibility in the NBA world of fans slash writers. But yeah. they both did have the same complaint about Moray. Do you think there's anything to that? I mean, do you think there's anything to saying, okay, maybe they're not the best messengers, but maybe they're correct? Maybe. I mean, Daryl Moore might lose his job over this. I mean, this might be it for him. Um, I could see that happening, but that's not the scariest thing for that franchise. It's if you're Joel, Joel Embiid, why do you want to be a part of this chaos? Like if you're Joel Embiid and you're seeing year after year where you have to deal with this stuff, at what point, Matt, do you go, you know what, man, it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to get out of here and go to a more stable organization. So James Harden is one piece. Daryl Moore is another. But if you lose the MVP of the NBA over this, that's the thing that could take a decade to recover from. Yes. Jason is on Twitter, and he says, uh, Matt, I agree with you. There is no place quite like northern Arkansas. For anybody who hasn't been, you have to go. I don't know that I would say you have to go, Myron, but I do agree. <laughs> They're just – you. America has become so homogenized that you can go most places and it looks like most places, right? There's a Best Buy. Yeah. There's a whatever. There are certain places that it's just different. Okay, where I grew up in eastern Kentucky is like that. Northern Arkansas, you pass through it. If you're going from, like, Memphis to Dallas, I'm just telling you, that's they, if you don't believe me, that's where Bill Clinton grew up. You remember all the people yeah. that were around Bill Clinton? Yeah. There's your yeah. answer. That's exactly <laughs> what northern Arkansas Myron is like. Yeah, I mean, if northern Arkansas, you're saying that's unique because, I mean, I've been to Fayetteville. I've, oh. I've been to sort of the outskirts Dude, of Fayetteville. Fayetteville is that, Venice. Fayetteville is Venice compared to northern Arkansas. It's you know it's the it's Athens, Greece compared Listen, to northern Arkansas. There was a tropical storm and there was a monsoon and the Waffle House was still going when I got there. Like it, puddles in the in the parking lot, nobody cared. They kept cooking, man. That's what it. they do. Well, that's that happens at Waffle Houses uh, everywhere. <laughs> We're gonna go. Can is Dalvin Cook the piece? that gets the Jets to the Super Bowl, does it get them over the, you know, get the last moment to get in that ring? That's next. But first, a word from Myron Metcalf. Let me hear this voice. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So visit FanDuel.com slash play. And start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Hope is here. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 in New York. 21 plus and present in select states. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com. 
RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com have you ridden an electric e-bike yet you need to check out electric e-bikes today the number one selling e-bike in america two things stand out that bikers love about electric number one the majority of their models come pre-assembled so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them number two Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. Dalvin Cook has reached agreement with the New York Jets on a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million. They're going for it. Rodgers is not going to play there for the next five years. This is the move you make. You push all the chips to the center of the pot now. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You go for it. If you're a Jets fan, you got to love it. If Dalvin Cook starts practicing another week or two, that gives him a week or two to get ready for the Buffalo Bills, he'll be ready for that game. And I would imagine he'll be there starting running back that night. It is the Fantasy Football Marathon on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Get ready for the season with ESPN's Fantasy Football. Sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. It's fun, easy, and free to play. We are going to talk Dalvin Cook to the Jets. Rich Samini is the ESPN Jets reporter. And, Rich, i got to start with something that's not exactly on topic. I interview, have interviewed you a lot over the years on uh, on these shows, and every time I see Rich Samini, I just want to apologize because initially I think I get confused because Jets and Rich, and I think you're Rich Cotite, and I feel like I owe you an apology for that after all these years. Oh man, that's a big time apology. Uh, I think I think my record's a little better than Rich Cotite. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Shots fired from uh, Samini oh. to the Cotite. <laughs> Yeah, I got a little more hair than he did. Too, oh, so, shot, uh, double <laughs> shots fired. Rich Kotai, eat it. Samini. Yeah. Coming at it. Wow, Samini v. Kotai. All right, well, Rich, I can't argue with either of those things, but I will say they got in on Dalvin Cook. You heard my colleague Joe Fortenbaugh say he thought it was because they're pushing their chips in and going all in. I think it makes a lot of sense as a smart move, you got a couple years of Rodgers. Why not take a running back that might have a couple years left? Do you agree? 
Well, I think they pushed their chips in in April when they uh, finally made that Aaron Rodgers deal. I mean, clearly they were in all all in mode this year. There's no build for tomorrow. It's build now. And when Aaron Rodgers took that $35 million pay cut a few weeks ago, you knew that something like this was going to happen. And there could be more moves. Uh, Rodgers said at the time that with all the flexibility the team now has, they could make a – if a big name becomes available at the trade deadline, they could go after a guy like that as well. So I think Rodgers' presence had a huge impact on the decision here for the Jets to do this. I also think it's it says it's a reflection on you know Brees Hall, who's coming back from that ACL. Um, they've been giving glowing re- updates on Hall, but perhaps realizing that you know why push this guy? He's got such a bright future. Why push him to get back fast? as possible when we can back him back back him down a little bit and get a guy like Dalvin Cook. So I think th- that's where some of the strategies that went into this move. There's definitely a world, Rich, where you can envision this all working for the Jets. The Jets maybe ending up in the AFC Championship game, maybe even a Super Bowl, right? But there's also a world where maybe it doesn't work. They don't They don't meet expectations. In that scenario, whose job would be in jeopardy more, Joe Douglas or Robert Sala? Well, I mean, we're getting way down the road there, but I mean, obviously you're you're touching on a point. The expectations are enormous this year. The ownership does not expect anything less than a playoff berth. They have the highest cash payroll in the league. So I think Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are pretty much tied at the hip. So I think if, if this did go off the rails for some reason, I think they would both be in trouble. All right, we're talking to Rich Samini, ESPN Jets reporter, and clearly not a fan of Rich Kotite. So I will ask you a personal question that I am wondering. It's Tuesday night. That means I'm going to watch Hard Knocks. Just on a personal level, I found last week exhausting. It felt like a love letter uh, to Aaron Rodgers. All they showed were players going, man, he's awesome. Why is he so awesome? Have you noticed how awesome he is? What a great dude. My question for you is, I know there's a honeymoon period to any new relationship, and I get that. But if you watched Hard Knocks, you would think it's literally everyone hovering around the angel that is Aaron Rodgers. You're there every day. Is that how it is, or what's the reality? Yeah, I I have to admit, I mean, I'm, I'm in every press conference talking to players, coaches, and I don't have an exact percentage, but a large percentage of the questions and conversation that we've been conducting for the last few weeks has been about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's he's the hot story. The newness really hasn't worn off. And the players seem open to talking about him. I, you know, you don't get any pushback. And so I think what Hard Knocks reflected there is an accurate reflection of what the feeling is around training camp. Now, I'm very curious to see what they do tonight because if it's another love letter at Aaron Rodgers, then I think it becomes tedious. I mean, yes. there are other plays on the team that could, you know, are interesting. So I'm curious to see where they go because how many times can you go to that well? Too many Quentin already Williams. for me, Myron. It makes it exhausting. <laughs> he is the most exhausting dude in the league. But never he's an, he's an interesting guy, though. I mean, he's I think he's yeah. the most fascinating guy in the league. I yeah. mean, just. Everything that goes on around him, I don't know how he's going to play this year, but right now he's he's a pretty compelling story. 
Well, on that note, you got Quentin Williams, you got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, all these talented young players. When I see those guys on Hard Knocks, it's like they understand it's a big moment, but they're so young. So it's not really rattling them. How much do you think that helps take some of the pressure off of Aaron knowing that these young guys, you know, sort of are free-spirited like that? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe with so much, it could go the other way too. I mean, with so much spotlight on Rodgers, it takes the pressure off the young guys. So, yeah, they have a very talented group of young players. You just named Wilson and Gardner, Quinn and Williams, uh, DJ Reed. They have a, it's a really talented team. And they do have a lot of personalities. DJ Reed has a great personality. He's he's a funny guy, and all those guys do. I think you saw Garrett Wilson. I, I'm curious to see if you know. I think he was trolling Sean Payton during the uh, the Jets Panthers game by wearing a bucket hat with sunglasses and a t-shirt. And I'm curious to see how they play that if they play that at all. Uh, so yeah, they have some good personalities on the team. I do enjoy when they show the game stuff. I thought that was the best part uh, of the yeah. first one as well. Rich Samini, ESPN's Jets reporter. We appreciate your time and uh, go take some of that co-tight energy off of you. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good there one. There you go. I like it, Rich Samini. <laughs> great job. Great at his job as always. Brett is in Mississippi. There's a continuing theme through this show, which is gravy. We learned about chocolate gravy, gravy from the good folks in Oklahoma. Brett apparently has a gravy comment. Brett, what do you got? Well, I, I personally, I've, I'd never heard of it until I married my wife. She eats And it's not necessarily gravy the way she does it. She just boils water and mixes in cocoa powder with it. So it's like more watery. So yeah. when you pour it on the biscuit, it soaks into the biscuit. So that's the Mississippi version. You just put yeah. water and chocolate powder on your biscuits, right? Like I said, I had never heard of it. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, you've never had this? I was like, no. So, Brett, let me Brett, ask you a question. I mean, do you like it? Like, Do you, when you, do you like it, or is Brett it one of those like things you fan. have to do as a husband? Well, I mean, I've tried it. It's not bad, but it's not for me. If it's not jelly or tomato gravy, don't put it on my biscuits. Hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. What is tomato you gravy? spaghetti sauce? <laughs> Whoa, bro. Y'all ain't never heard of potato gra- about tomato gravy. I I don't <laughs> think so. What is, is tomato gravy? Y'all are about sauce? to get a whole bunch of new collars about tomato gravy. Well, what is it? It sounds like pasta sauce to me. Yeah, it's, what is it's, it? It's basically, some people do it differently. Some do like red tomato gravy it's just gravy with like tomato paste in it and some people do it with brown gravy with like a little bit of tomato paste in it that's just pizza sauce that sounds like just is that not you just putting pizza sauce is that just pizza sauce on a biscuit no 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 no. it's not pizza sauce it's like brown like i said some people do it i've had it different ways if it some people do it like my mom she did it with brown gravy and then she would put, like, diced tomatoes or, like, a little bit of uh, well, tomato paste in it just to get just to get a tomato flavor in it. I've never, like, I have to yeah, tell you something. Again, and, like, I'm not – I don't think I was, like, like – ragu. Yeah, I don't think I was, like, living rarefied city air, but I've yeah. never heard of this yeah. either. It's a tomato you know gravy. What, what's startling me, Matt, is you don't know this stuff. I don't, so you don't have absolutely no clue. I, you know? I think in the back of my mind I'd heard of chocolate gravy but never eaten it. I know I've never heard of tomato gravy. I know that that is that, not a thing. 
that has ever <laughs> entered my brain. If somebody's had it, let me know. 888-SAY-ESPN. And it's pizza sauce. <laughs> we will give more on this. Making up new names. And we're going to talk a little bit about the movie that hit us. The news yesterday from the blind side. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. It is ESPN's Fantasy Football Marathon on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Get ready for the season with ESPN Fantasy Football. Sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. It's fun, easy, and ready to play. We have been enjoying ourselves this morning. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf filling in. We will be here again on Friday. We got some other folks here tomorrow. I think maybe uh, who's here tomorrow? Freddie and uh, Fitzsimmons. Is that right? Is that who's here tomorrow? Freddie Fitzsimmons. Yeah, two, two people got, will be here. They'll do a great job, and we'll be back mm-hmm. on Friday. But we've talked a lot. We. I'm amazed. This is just what the world is. Like, you can talk about the Jets. You can talk about James Harden. But when you talk about gravy, that's where people get involved, Myron. That's where people got things they want to say. That's where they uh, they sort of get in. And we had a guy from Mississippi say that he's, he serves tomato gravy on his yeah. biscuits and gravy. I didn't know what that was, Myron. And callers are here to tell us. It's interesting to me, Matt, because, you know, we're both well-traveled been everywhere throughout this country. So to not know about these things really surprised me. Like, I didn't think I would learn as much as I'm learning about gravy. Well, I mean, we're both very familiar with things that are tomato-based, right? Like whether it's spaghetti sauce or even like kind of cooking that has tomato base. I just never heard of putting it on biscuits and gravy. But Misty is in Kentucky. Misty, where in Kentucky are you? Hey, I'm in Nicholasville, and I'm the one that makes you salsa. Yes, okay, so she makes me salsa. She makes me and my okay. co salsa. It's very good. I'm familiar with tomato salsa, but what is he talking about on on biscuits? All right, well, for one thing, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but the other thing is you take wow. what you do fire. is you have, it with, you have it with country ham. You fry country ham. You use the grease from the ham. You make your roux with the flour and all that. I know you don't know what a roux is, but you take flour, you mix it in with the grease and thicken it. And then you add fresh canned tomatoes that you can yourself, and you mix that in with the gravy or in with the roux. And then you serve that over biscuits, and it is fabulous with country ham. And your next remote, if it's around and I'm close by, I will make you all. All right, well, I appreciate – look at that. Somebody going to make me the food, Misty. Thank you. I appreciate the call. So what do you think about that, Myron? Rue, what was the other thing she said? Flour, or maybe she didn't say that. Whatever it was. And then – so maybe that's how you do it. Although I like that she said the dude in Mississippi had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like this is an argument for a specific part of the country. <laughs> like, you know, we're on the show a lot, so I know Kentucky kind of does its own thing with with food. To hear Kentucky and other states say, 
Oklahoma and Mississippi are violating rules. That's so true. That tells me all I need to know. Well, about it's kind of like college football, to be honest with you. If you care yeah. about college football, all the good conversations are in the South because that's a who wins a yes. national championship every year. The rest of the country plays it, but in the South, we actually win it. I feel like that's how this is on food. Yeah, y'all can talk about the other stuff, but if you actually want the good food, we're going to win it and we're going to argue amongst yeah. ourselves who has the best version, Myron. Yeah, but I think to hear and to hear people say, "Listen, those dudes don't know what they're talking about. They're making things up." That that definitely sounds like a football. All right, so Daniel is in Louisiana. I've been told tomato gravy initiated in Louisiana. So Daniel, how do you do it? Yeah, tomato gravy started here in Louisiana, and so essentially you take your sausage and you saute your sausage in the in the in the pan. And it's like mm-hmm. a tomato paste, tomato sauce, like almost like a roux, like the lady from Kentucky said. But you put it over rice, and then you can mix it, like make a sauce pecan, or you can just make a, a flat dish. We call it sausage and tomato gravy. When you open your can of corn or whatever else, and then that's that's a full meal. But do you, you the do whole you? Family. But the guy, I, I can un- that actually makes sense and sounds really okay. good. But the original guy said he puts it over biscuits. Is that something you do? I mean, if the gravy is good and the sausage kicking, you could put it over anything, man. Over anything, Myron. What do you think so, about that? I trust everybody in Louisiana when it comes to cooking. So this I That's believe. True. You know, so Louisiana, like if Louisiana says it, I believe it. And now I do want to try it. Oklahoma, I wasn't sure. I got family in Mississippi. They kind of do their own thing a little bit. But Louisiana, I actually trust. It did feel like the Kentucky woman and the Louisiana guy had it right. These other people were like, yeah, it felt like these other people were just like, we just pour it over everything here in Oklahoma. We just pour it on our our fruit. We pour it on our chicken. Like, whatever it is, we pour it on it. These people seem to have a particular use of it, Myron, that would seem uh, applicable. Well, it's interesting, right, because you all don't let Oklahoma into the South. No, Oklahoma's not in the South. and Mississippi's kind of the cousin that you all don't always invite, right, to, to the dinners? like a Well, little let's bit, talk you know? about that for a minute. What states are actually in the South? The South is Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee. I think they let Kentucky in. We're a little different, but they still have us in. They're hesitant on North Carolina, Virginia, yeah. Comes and goes, depending on where you are. We all agree. We all agree. We all agree. Missouri is in the SEC, but somehow that screwed up. That that invitation was supposed to go to somebody else, and Missouri got it. We're willing to have Arkansas, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and Texas. I think are a different thing. That to me yeah. is what? like its own little thing. It's not really yeah. south. It's kind of just its own little Texas Oklahoma corridor. But Texas is the most south. It's like Yeah, it's, but it's, it's not there, about then I'll see it's not about <laughs> geography. It's about a state yeah. of mind. Texas are cowboys. We are not cowboys yeah. in the south. We are southern. That's different. And then my I would say there's a little bit of thing that's like Appalachian, which is like West yeah. Virginia part of Pennsylvania, part of Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee, that's also, Myron, it's unique there. Yeah. And I feel like within that, like, if you invite Mississippi to the party, you got to have bail money, right? Because like, they're just kind of known to kind of tear stuff up a little bit, right? Right? That's kind of how they – That's quite a shot on Mississippi. You think even – Oh, my amongst- family's from Mississippi. My whole family's from Mississippi. I'm, I'm talking what I know. 
you know. You're I, saying I, you know, if you think, invite Mississippi, you have to bring bail money. Yeah, they, I mean, they'll fight people. You know, they just, you know, they come to get rowdy. I've never think, been to Mississippi and not had a situation that wasn't, you know, people like to have a good time. I understand. There. Now, I think I would say this. Everybody listening to this that's in the South knows we never should have brought in Missouri. Missouri was a mistake. We could have had it anybody else, but we had to bring in Missouri. And, Myron, that was a huge mistake, and there's nothing Southern about Missouri, and they need to apologize for that. Uh, just to be clear here on the ESPN Radio Morning Show, we love the good people of Missouri. We do love Missouri. No, no, no. I don't love the people of Missouri. No, Y'all Missouri, might love the people love of Missouri. Oh, we I'm love just all saying, our affiliates across the South. I mean, look, I'm glad that – thanks Oklahoma. for listening. I'm just telling you, you are not part of the South. <laughs> With that said, we will get back to the NFL <laughs> here on mornings <laughs> on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. More next. 